Ronsense. This is Ron. We're back for a quick little uh, episode here. Gonna cover some, I-, I guess you could call it like my weekend notes or th- things of note from the weekend. Uh, uh, obviously, the, the primary one being the PGA Championship. So let's get right on into it. All right. So, spoiler alert Phil Mickelson wins the PGA Championship. Uh, was fucking awesome. It, I I was so happy to see that be the result. Um, I, I mean, I'm certainly happy to see have seen Brooks win again. Uh, just because I I think it's probably to some degree good for the sport to start having like a a younger uh player start to like really rack up majors, right? Because I I mean, since Tiger. We we haven't had quite that same type of we haven't had not not like the next Tiger in terms of like the player that Tiger was or even like necessarily the phenomena that Tiger was at the time, but someone who's just like consistently winning in a way that like makes the sport more interesting. Um, it's kind of weird, right? Because from a golf fan perspective, like for me, who is going to generally watch the tournaments, uh, anyways. It, I like to see the diversity of winners. I like to see, like, that, that you can tell that the field is really competitive. But I think from the perspective of, like, your more casual viewer, it's probably better if there's somebody who you're expecting to win kind of thing. Like, people tuned in back when Tiger was really at his prime, right? People either tuned in because they wanted to see Tiger win or they wanted to see Tiger lose, right? Because Tiger was like, I, I mean, I, I there's probably some people who wanted to watch, you know, right? Because there's always a little bit of a polarization with anybody. Uh, I mean, I'm not aware of anybody who specifically was just like, I hate watching Tiger. But I, I think whenever anybody gets that good, right, there's always some people, there's always some kind of like haters out there who are just like out there to like, See, I told you they're not that good, blah, blah, blah. You know, they kind of do that thing. So um, I'm sure that they're... But either way, right? Those are eyeballs. Those are those are people in interested in the sport. And I think that that's a good thing. Um, I, I mean, honestly, in general, right, one of the biggest winners of the pandemic was the sport of golf. I, I, I mean, the amount of people golfing these days has skyrocketed. I'm sure many of you have noticed this. I know certainly down here in, in Tennessee that I, a lot of the courses around me, I could basically, what you know, not schedule a tee time. I basically just look at the schedule, see that they were open. I'd come up, you know, I'd, I'd just show up and then I would, you know, I would show up and uh, be like, hey, I, I want to play nine or I want to play 18, whatever. And boom, I'm on the course right then. Nowadays, I, I don't know if I just hit my microphone. I, I can't do that because like almost every tea time is booked like every day, it feels like. So I, I actually have to like check some of these courses that I could walk up to at any time. Now I've got to check like days in advance on getting tea times. It's really crazy, actually. So, uh, th- you know, there's certainly been an uptick in the amount of people golfing, which is a good thing. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's a 
certainly I did like being able to just get on the course whenever I wanted to, but I think it's probably a good thing overall for like golf, like the health of golf and keeping courses, um, open and well managed and you know make sure that they've got the funding to keep those those courses in good condition and whatnot so um that's where i kind of talk about like when it's what's good for golf because it's sort of like if if brooks is winning a lot sort of in that uh same vein because you know we had spieth for a minute there who was kind of doing this um and then Otherwise, out of these younger guys, right, we don't really have anyone out of these younger guys who is, like, winning a lot of majors, at least, right? Because Brooks can't seem to win anything other than majors. Uh, Ricky Fowler can't seem to win majors. And as much as, like, I'm pulling for him, like, every goddamn time. And, you know, he was right there in contention again, by the way. Uh, I, I know, like, he didn't get a lot of coverage on Sunday, but he only, like, at a couple of points, he was only, what, two, three shots back? Three shots back, I think, at one point. So, there, and I mean, he finished top 10, I believe. So, he was actually kind of right up there. And this is kind of the weird thing that he is always, like, sneaky in the top 10 in a lot of majors. Uh, I, I mean, the amount of times that like, you go back through the majors. And you, he seems like he was an afterthought. And then you're like, oh, wait, he finished top 10. So anyways, that that's what I was talking about with like, if Brooks is winning, like maybe that's better for getting a younger crowd more involved, getting people more excited about like this, this guy, especially because um, Brooks actually kind of is similar, I guess, in a way to tiger in that when tiger came onto the scene right tiger was like the first guy who came onto the golf scene and like was working out and was like making an effort towards like optimizing his body right be like because a lot of golfers you know sort of more like frumpy just kind of like not you know not necessarily muscular or in like particularly great shape you know, this is a, you, you didn't like when you saw a golfer or you thought golfer in your head, what you saw was not somebody who was like in really good shape, right? And so Tiger kind of revolutionized the sport in that way, where he started to bring more of this idea of like getting in good shape and like that and how that can supplement your ability to play, right? And so in a similar vein, uh, Brooks Kepka is kind of taking that same sort of style. And, and on top of that, Brooks is, uh, Brooks is not like really this guy. Like when you experience, experience his personality through like interviews and, and social media. And, and when he's made, I, he's made an appearance, I believe on, uh, one of the barstool podcasts, he kind of doesn't come off like golfer. Cause the other thing, right. Is you, you hear golfer and it's, there's still this perception of like snooty and sort of upscale and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, and it's really not the case anymore with golf, right? I mean, golf is a lot more of this kind of like every man's game. It's a lot more of this, like, you know, we're here to have fun atmosphere. It's 
kind of like this lighter this this atmosphere that's not so like stuffy, right? Like I, I mean, Brooks is this competitor in a way that he seems more like uh, a person, like a person you would experience in one of the other major sports, right? Like it, in terms of like his attitude and his. Uh, and, and like the way that he kind of comes off with his confidence and stuff like that, like he he sounds almost like he's like a football player or like a ba- you know baseball player or something like that, right? Like, it kind of has more of that type of vibe, which again I think is a good thing for the sport. But anyways, back to Phil, right? Phil wins in and just plays an unreal uh, like tournament, right? I mean. Even in the first round, I remember, um, or sorry, in the second round, I think it was in in uh, on Friday that Phil was you know starting to make some moves, and the announcers were sort of like, "Well, can he win this?" And you know they were like, one of them was like, "Well, no," and they're just sort of like, you know, history speaks for itself on this, right? Because at that point, no one his age had ever won it. And they're like, but, you know, at this point, it's the way he's playing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if some, you know, if a miracle occurs. Um, and so you started to hear this buzz about it even on Friday. And I don't think he had taken the lead until either late Friday or I think maybe into his Saturday round. But yeah, so anyways, right. His Friday round goes excellent. His Saturday round was tremendous. Uh, his Saturday round was a sight to behold, really. I mean, the like, it was just so impressive. Um, yeah, I guess what? He did have the lead on Friday. He had, yes, he had a really good Friday round. But his Saturday round also was so good because... Everyone was kind of struggling around him, right? Brooks was kind of struggling. Couldn't putt. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen, same kind of thing. Just couldn't seem to make putts. And a lot of people were not scoring low that day. I mean, I think for a little bit, Billy Horschel might have been the only guy who was actually having a low round that was like, you know, at all that day. And, you know, here comes Phil, like, what, birdie birdie out of the gate? Something like that. I mean, just really impressive and the thing with the thing that's always so entertaining about phil as as like a golfer is phil is like the perfect like dichotomy oh i definitely hit the microphone that time sorry people if that fucking um phil is like this perfect dichotomy of relatable in terms of golf game and unrelatable in terms of golf game, right? So what I mean by that is, uh, certainly, I mean, until recently, right, where Phil's starting to hit bombs off the tee, uh, that are all like hitting, I mean, hitting fairways at an amazing clip. Uh, I mean, Phil was pretty often the guy who just sprayed the ball off the tee. Right. I mean, and, and we've seen, we even saw some of it, uh, this in, in this tournament that he sprays the ball off the tee, gets himself into trouble. Right. Now that's relatable. Right. We've all been there. We have all sprayed some ball off 
way off the fairway, and now we're just in a terrible spot. And then that second shot, or you know, is where it becomes so unrelatable, right? Is because you sometimes end up in the space where you're like, wow, this is going to take me, you know, two, three, four shots until I'm, you know, I'm done with this hole now. Like, this is just a disaster. And Phil can somehow, from these horrible spots, horrible lies, horrible positioning, horrible angle to the pin, whatever, somehow just makes miraculous shots that, like, that end up being that he maybe is done with the hole in, you know, two shots. Like, or, um, or maybe like, you, you know, the other relatable thing, right, is maybe a, a second shot or third shot coming into the green where he misses the green. And like, certainly, I, I mean, most of us, right, are not getting greens in regulation. So we're all, we could all relate to missing the green on our approach. And, and then, but then like, he just has these insane wedge shots where he either holds it or he gives himself a tap in, you know, versus like, we're just happy, you know, to get like middle of the green and then two putt or something like that, you know, like, so that, that's that dichotomy of like relatable to unrelatable, really like in the, in the span of two golf shots, right? Like it's, it's very funny. Like it's just in that way that I, I feel like, Phil more than anybody just seems to kind of, you know, cause like every, every professional golfer has bad shots that, you know, we can all relate to. Right. I mean, that's kind of the, uh, the, you know, the underlying theme here, right. Is we can all relate to having a bad shot. <laughs> the, the difference between us and professional golfers is that the bad shot doesn't ruin their whole. You know, it doesn't ruin their hole the way it ruins our hole, at least, you know, like uh, I these pro golfers, they can have a bad shot and still, you know, make par, or make birdie or whatever. And we're we're fortunate to bogey or double depending on how bad the shot was. And so uh, I, I think that it it was awesome for Phil at 50 years old to become the oldest major winner uh also, because I think that still, I mean, I think Phil, Phil's personality and like his somewhat of his like social media presence, especially with like the whole kind of thing with his calves and uh, some of like the fun that he likes to have and uh, and certainly his sort of ties to Tiger uh, with earlier in their careers and uh, having played in right the match you know, whatever, one, two, and three now, right? Three, we've had three matches. Uh, you, you know, so having those, I think, has kept him extremely visible for, like, the younger golf crowd. And so that allows for, like, the younger and older golf crowds to sort of, like, he's almost that glue point, right? So him winning is really cool because, like, I think a lot of people you know, like myself could, uh, I mean, I, I guess I talked to my dad about whatever tournament and whoever's up there anyways, but like, it, there's like this really cool uh, thing about 
you know, talking to your, talking to your dad or, you know, grandpa or mom, you know, what, whatever, whoever, your mom, grandma, whoever is like into golf, you know, and, and being able to talk to them and, and watching Phil win. And, you know, they were watching Phil in a totally different era. And then there's you watching him now and still having performances where you're just like the, you know, I, I mean, he was the best golfer on the course that, that, that weekend, he was the best golfer on the course. Right. And so, uh, it, it's one of those things to see him at 50 years old where it's just like you, he can still unlock that. And I think the other thing that's really cool about Phil is, uh, his, his adaptation in the game, right? His ability to uh, get better and, you know, to improve and to rethink his golf game, right? Because, again, right, this is a very recent thing where Phil is just hitting bombs. He outdrove, he had the longest drive on, on 16 through the whole tournament. He outdrove everybody's drive on that hole. Including Brooks, who just before he drove hit a 361 yard drive. And here comes Phil to, to throw an extra five yards on that. You know, like it's, it's insane. That is, it's just insane to think about like his, his ability to, to somehow have like really improved his game. And, and, and especially in that way at his age, right? In that way to get more power out of his game, to get more distance. That, that's something that's really, really impressive and, and is something that I, you know, I, I think we give Tom Brady a lot of credit in football and, and rightly so for his ability to sort of, uh, you know, to still be good, but, like he's not and and like and his game has changed somewhat right but i mean he was obviously never a guy who was really relying on his athleticism at least in terms of running and whatnot like he he's he's improved his game in that while he still has the deep ball even though he doesn't use it very much and every once in a while we question whether it's still there he's improved his game into getting the ball out of his hands faster but that's like a life preservation type of thing, right? That's something that makes sense. That's something that's keeping him safer. That's something that is uh, going to be easier to execute on a consistent basis, right? And, and But then here's Phil at his age, and he's actually, he's added to his game what is often the, uh, what is often the young man's trait. Right, the going deep off the tee, you know. So it was really, really. I, I mean, that was uh, f- at least for me, that was a really exciting, really, really exciting tournament. And um, you know, I was thrilled in the Masters to watch Hideki uh, win the Masters. It, but like, I don't know. I, I just think. Maybe it was just the way that the field was shaking out and the way that the competition was at the Masters this year. But this, this PGA Championship felt really electric in a way that was kind of hard, hard to explain other than 
it felt like two different eras clashing in in the final group, right? You had Brooks versus Phil. Um, and then I guess you had kind of a happy medium in there with Louis Oosthuizen, who was consistently in the mix there. And, and, and I think that's another one, too, where, like, Louis actually was a low-key important name for make, in, increasing the interest because, I, I mean, at least for those of us who are... Uh, you know, bigger golf fans, you know, and they certain, they talked about this a little bit on the broadcast, right? But he has the second place grand slam. He's, he's taken second in every major. And in many cases, he's taken second multiple times in, in, in every major. And the only made, and he's won the open championship before, right? So he has a major win under his belt. Um, but the, the fact that it's like you take second and that many majors that it's sort of like you, you just you're just like, damn, I mean, if he could just win another like <laughs> that would be, a, you know, it's just one of those things that it's sort of like you feel for the guy. It's like, God damn, man, taking second and that many majors, like even if you have one major win, like it's just that's the ultimate just like, you know, blue balls. Right. You're just constantly right there, but can't quite get it like uh that's tough. So that's that's the biggest news right from the weekend. That was the most exciting part, I I, I think. I, I think that most people would tend to agree. As far as the rest of sports go, uh, certainly, right, obviously there's not really NFL news at this time. Uh, baseball is kind of, you know, I mean, we're getting into the swing of things. The White Sox, uh, at least going into the weekend, had the best record in baseball, I believe. They, of course, though, on Saturday, uh, on, on Friday and Saturday got slapped by the Yankees. Uh, I, I mean, we, we lost on Sunday too, but that was a fucking, that was a bummer on Sunday. But yeah, so we, we get, we get clapped by the Yankees all the way through. That's, that's not great. Um, not much else to talk about, I think, in baseball at the moment. I, I don't know if there's any teams that, like, uh, I really care to speak on. Well, we're this early on into the season, um, other than my White Sox. NBA basketball playoffs, right? So uh, Saturday had a really intense uh, game one between the Heat and the Bucks, and the Heat just kind of collapsed at the end. Um, they just couldn't quite couldn't quite do it. So uh, that that was. That that was certainly a a very interesting series start, especially after right the the Heat whatever beat them in five games or swept them or whatever it was last year. I mean they they really put a beating on the Bucks last year when the Bucks were such heavy favorites. So to see now that the the Heat are you, you know they give up that game one like that's really tough. So then the Mavericks, I uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, they upset the Clippers pretty handily, too, a 10-point win. Uh, Luka Doncic has a 31-point triple-double. Uh, I mean, I think Luka is such an, like, I, I this is going to sound weird, but I think he's an underrated player, right? I mean, obviously people know him and whatnot, but I don't think he gets that much appreciation. I mean, I think he does probably from, the, like, the more, like, the the crowd who's like really into the NBA, but I think more of your casual basketball fans who are probably just tuning in for playoffs or only tuning in basically when their team plays or something like that. Um, 
that they probably don't realize how or like they haven't really been exposed to like how good Luka Doncic is. So uh, I I just got to say, I mean, he's just he's fucking incredible. The, The shit that he does like is just so obscene. So he's such a great young player. Uh, Celtics Nets, the Celtics, I mean, in the second half of the season have just been absolutely dreadful. I I mean, they're really just a pathetic team, to be honest. So, uh, you know, you see the Nets get a win. The Nets are obviously going to be a a scary team because of their ceiling. Who knows how they'll actually end up being, though, still in the playoffs, just because I don't know how well they'll actually be able to play defense against good teams. But so the Nets, the Nets get a, a W for their first game. Uh, the Blazers clap the Nuggets in game one. That that was uh, that that was I, I mean, I guess, you know, that was a lower seed beating a higher seed. But it just feels like I mean, the Blazers are just so good. I mean, da- Damian Lillard it just feels so unstoppable. Like he's just insane. So, uh, and then what? Going into Sunday, Sunday you have the Seventy Sixers beat the Wizards. That's another one where it's like the Wizards are kind of this team that are much better than their record, but I I don't think that they're gonna be they would be able to hold up with the Seventy Sixers. I mean, you had a thirty-seven point game out of Tobias Harris for God's sakes. Uh, the Suns beat the Lakers. You love to see that. Um, y- you know, I mean, Devin Booker puts on a 34 point performance. So that's, you know, basically right on average for him. Fucking, he's so sick. Big, uh, Kentucky, you know, Kentucky grad right there. Uh, yeah, the Lakers. Uh, I mean, how great would it be to, to watch, uh, y- you know, the Lakers drop out in the first the first uh series that would just be amazing um you know like i said before you know there's always that like when when people are like great or whatever that like there's always those haters out there that just like are want to see them lose like that's me with lebron I'll, i'll readily admit it i have no i have no uh like rational reason to dislike lebron well i mean i that's not true i mean there's he's he does some very unlikable things like, but you know, things also go his way in a way that's sometimes very unlikable. Like for example, breaks COVID protocols that the league have set up in place and then doesn't get punished at all. Yeah. I mean, like what? (laughs) Literally every other player gets punished, but no. Okay. All right. Okay. Sure. Yep. Uh, just cause like, whatever, I mean, in my opinion, uh, the COVID protocols are probably overbearing or, or whatever anyways, but if the league wants to sell itself on being like, like health and safety first, well then if LeBron breaks protocols and, and then is going to go play in a game in close contact, you know, with all these people, right? Like that's not exactly looking out for the health and safety of the Phoenix Suns now, is it? Right? Like, it's not exactly looking out for the health and safety of the rest of his teammates. If he broke protocol, then, like, you know, so, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, no consistency. 
So then we got what the Hawks Knicks tight game. That was a that was a, I, I saw a lot of clips of that. That was a very exciting game. Uh, Trey Young telling uh, Madison Square Garden to sit down. That that was pretty hilarious. Um, I, I mean, it's astounding that the Knicks are in the playoffs, but you know, uh, you know, uh, it's like it's kind of funny because it's like you're kind of like, well, it'd be kind of nice to see the Knicks play just because like that's a new team in the playoffs, you know, as far as they haven't been relevant in like 20 years. But then at the same time, you're just like, yeah, but then Knicks fans like, yeah, you know, uh, do I really want Knicks fans and eating my life more? Uh, very debatable. <laughs> it's actually not debatable. I don't want them in my life, period. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I guess there's there's actually no debate about it. Uh, and then the Grizzlies-Jazz. Grizzlies steal game one in a way that I think was really impressive. Uh, the Jazz are a very good team, but they just... It feels like the, this is the Jazz like every year. They're a very good team, and then they just can't seem to actually do anything in the playoffs. So... That really covers our, uh, I guess, our sports updates for for the weekend. And uh, so I think we'll close it out at that. All right. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. Tell your friends. Send this podcast around to whoever. You know, maybe if you got car ride coming up, whatever. Someone's got a car ride. Tell them, hey, tune in. See what you think. Appreciate y'all. Peace out. All right. So on uh, Friday, we've got... What, game four of the Capitals-Bruins. Uh, Bruins just absolutely slapped the Capitals. Uh, the Capitals were kind of looking like maybe they would be able to be this kind of threatening team for the Bruins, and that is just clearly not the case. Uh, Bruins are just manhandling them this series, uh, I believe, what? So they lead them 3-1 on Friday. I think that I'm pretty sure they end up beating them one on Sunday. We'll get to that, though. Uh Predators Hurricanes double overtime thriller 5-4 and uh this I mean this is a fun series I am rooting for the Hurricanes just because you know fuck the Predators uh you know as as a Blackhawks fan I just feel like I can't root for them in this case um but we'll see I, I mean Carolina's ahead in the series uh at that point uh let's see and then we got the Jets Oilers uh Jets take it 2-0 lead in the series. Um, this is... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like... It's one of those things you kind of... I guess you kind of want the Oilers because you want Connor McDavid to sort of uh, do something, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I This is like a... I, I mean, this is just a... <clears throat> I don't, I don't also, I don't know what the Canadian teams are going to do with like this whole thing because like Canada is not allowing like Americans in and and whatnot, like just had to cancel a goddamn fishing trip in Canada in June because of this. And so I, I don't know what they're going to do. And I mean, obviously right. The Raptors were playing out of Tampa Bay because like they, they couldn't have teams come in. So I like when these teams have to inevitably face American teams, like are they just going to have to move down here for a while? Like, or what? I don't know. So um, and then the Avalanche just, uh, I mean, absolutely slapping the shit out of the Blues. This is, I, I mean, obviously not surprising, 
the Avalanche are a really good team that a lot of people are expecting to make it to uh, the Stanley Cup final, uh, which is amazing to hear. I mean, when's the last time that the Avalanche were worth talking about? It's been a long time. So let's see. Okay, so that's the Friday. Friday. Um, so now Saturday. Uh, Saturday was what game four of the lightning Panthers and the lightning just, I mean, crushed them. I, I mean, from, from the first period, I, I mean, it was just a blowout, like, r- like right away. Um, this has been an exciting series though. This has been a really exciting series. I, I, I mean, the Panthers, again, I guess another team where you're like, damn, wow, the Panthers are relevant. That's crazy. And I mean, you know, certainly, no coincidence that it's not long after they signed Joel Quinville as their head coach because, you know, uh, the Blackhawks are fucking morons and decided, you know, yeah, Stan Bowman knows what's going on. Let's go ahead and get rid of Quinville. God, Stan Bowman, he's such a fucking loser. Like, just an absolute travesty of a fucking front office. Fucking Blackhawks, God damn it, man. Uh, but this Panthers Lightning series is so cool. Like, there are a lot of big names in this, a lot of young names in this. Um, like, these are both teams that are scoring well. Like, these are teams that are, I mean, obviously you have your, your defending champions in the Lightning. Um, <coughs> but the Panthers, I believe, in the regular season actually had the, the edge on them in uh, the overall regular season. Now, that was also without Kucherov the whole time, and so we've seen how Kucherov has clearly been uh, a game changer since his since his return. And, and so, and you got like the Florida rivalry kind of thing going. I, I mean, this is like a this is probably the most fun series right now. Um, and then what? Uh, Penguins Islanders Islanders just I I mean the, I don't know what's going on with the Penguins of late like. The same thing happened last... Well, not the same thing happened last year, because last year they got fucking swept by the Canadians. I, I mean, Alicia's whole family, you know, they're all from Pittsburgh. They're big Penguins fans. And so, like, when I'm up there, you know, I usually I'll root for the Penguins with them, even though I hate the Penguins. Um, like, but I'll just kind of cheer along, you know, for the sake of... And the way I convince myself to cheer along is I bet on the Penguins. And every time I bet on the Penguins, they fucking lose. I Like, fuck this team, man. Uh, so, cause for the game one of the Penguins Islanders, I bet on the Penguins and of course they fucking lose. So, uh, you know, I was just like, all right, fuck them. But you know, I, like, I don't know why. I mean, I know that the Islanders are a good team and, and can specifically cause trouble for the Penguins because of like, I mean, Barry Trotz, I, I guess is sort of like, you know, he's, he sets up a good defensive team that that can be troublesome for the Penguins if they're going to be inconsistent offensively. Um, so they, that series that ties the series on Saturday at two two. Uh, let's see the Canadians and Maple Leaves. This was the game right where Tavares got like really like brutally fucking leveled. So. I mean, th- like, uh, I mean, does it 
end up making a difference in the series? Probably not. Uh, but that that could be a serious problem for the Maple Leafs because it sounds like he they're saying like out at least two weeks. But I, I mean, certainly because like yeah, I mean, obviously he's concussed. Like that fucking knee to the head. Like I mean, it damn near decapitates him. But also, like, it was kind of, you know, not surprised, uh, also, that, like, his knee could have gotten fucked up, because, like, the positioning on it looked terrible. Like, so, like, the way his knee looked in that, in, in, in that replay was just like, oh, yeah, like, that, I'm not surprised his knee got fucking hurt. So, but, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that could, that could be troublesome for them for for the next next series, um, but certainly uh, I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna have any issues uh, clearing through the Canadians. Even though I guess at that point that was the game was tied or the series tied one one, but I, I just think the the Leafs are just the you know clearly better team and and honestly just fuck the Habs. Uh, Golden Knights in the Minnesota Wild. This is another series where this is, you know, <clears throat> not surprising, right? Uh, same, same thing with the Avalanche. Golden Knights are one of the favorites. Uh, and the Wild are just completely outmatched, even though they're a, a pretty good team. Or, like, oh, Jesus. Uh, a, a pretty good team. <clears throat> they're just outmatched. And the Knights are showing that. So, not much you can do there. Sunday, we get the, uh, another, uh, another fucking Predators Hurricanes banger. Another double overtime banger, by the way. So that ties the series up 2-2. Two, two. Um, uh, I mean, this series has probably been the most, uh, not the, like, I, I said probably the Tampa Panthers series has been, like, the most interesting kind of storylines and whatnot-wise, right? Uh, but certainly this, this Hurricanes Predators series is seem to be just the most like full of action and, and, uh, suspense, I guess. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Like the, it just feels like every game is just insane. So, um, Avalanche complete their sweep of the blues. Not surprising. Uh, fuck the blues. Let's see. Um, you know, Bruins take a commanding lead, or, uh, sorry, commanding lead. They, well, they, they definitely took a commanding lead in the game, but, uh, they, they finish out the series over the Capitals. Um, not terribly surprising. Uh, Jets win again in an overtime thriller against the Houston Oilers, or Houston Oilers. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with the team? Uh, Edmonton Oilers. Jesus. What a fucking idiot. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. So, I mean, Edmonton looks like they're just... I, I mean, unless they complete the reverse sweep, which I don't think is going to happen, it, it looks like we're we're going to see the, the Jets just finish this one out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, hockey, I mean, as always, never disappoints in, in playoffs. I, I mean, I just think that hockey consistently has like the most interesting playoffs. You like from round one, from round one, you're like, okay, like this is, this is fucking awesome. So yeah, I mean, because we've got 
two great series in the Hurricanes Preds and the uh, Panthers Lightning. Um, you have your really dominant teams like the Avalanche and, and the Knights kind of doing what you expect, but you like to see that they can handle that. Say, I mean, somewhat similarly, I guess the Bruins, I mean, you'd expect the Bruins to, I, I mean, you probably expected more out of the Capitals than what you got, but, uh, but yeah, and then you've got intrigue also with like this Islanders Penguin series where it's like, I, I mean, you know, you, you think that the Penguins should be the better team, um, but you know, the Penguins can't help themselves, but you know, fucking play down to their competition, I guess. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I, I think that, so that covers our, our weekend in sports. Um, oh, well, I, I mean, I guess in, in more my sports fandom, Juventus, uh, cements their number four spot in Syria A to qualify for the Champions League. Thank God. Uh, you know, a big shout out to, uh, Napoli for not being able to fucking, uh, get a win over Verona. Definitely. I, I mean, honestly, though, like, I know, like, some people are like, oh, you know, poor Napoli, whatever, because if Napoli had won, they'd be the four spot, but they, you know, they, they get a draw instead. Uh, but it was, it's a home fixture. I mean, you know, like, it's it's not as if, like, I, I mean, Verona is a middle-of-the-pack team in Serie A, but, like, the difference between middle-of-the-pack and, like, the top, uh, what, like, set, like, six or so teams, top seven teams, maybe, is, like, significant like really significant difference, right? I, I mean um you like it it's really, really um a huge gap, right? So I mean for example, right, so Inter uh you know far and away it is just dominating right now with ninety one points and then you've got Milan at 79, Atalanta at 78, and Juventus at 78, and Napoli at 77, right? Uh, so you got that top five, it's six, Lazio still at 68, relatively competitive, uh, Roma at 62, Sassuolo at uh, 62, uh, and then you see a pretty sharp drop off to Sampdoria at 52, and then Verona at 45, right? 45 points. So they are 30 points back on, you know, 32 points back on Napoli. Like, these are, there is a significant difference, right? Napoli's got a plus 45 goal differential versus uh, Verona's minus two, okay? So there's an enormous gap in the the, the capacity of these two teams. So... You know, if Napoli can't get a win on on their home turf against a, a middling Verona team, then you know what? You don't deserve to be in. All right, that's it. Uh, I mean, so th- that's that's how I see it. I mean, I know that Juventus is just kind of these like you know these hard this just like heart attack team. You know, they can for some reason they just can't 
dominate. Like they need to like ha- have things be close for like God knows what reason. Um, and I, I don't. I mean, you know, maybe by Champions, you know, in time for Champions League, you know, maybe we get something together. But uh, obviously, Inter is like really fucking good. Um, Milan is is obviously also like a pretty scary team and Atalanta is Atalanta is also like a really like frightening team. Um, I think Atalanta personally, I, I think Atalanta is better than Milan, uh, by at at least a, a decent margin. Uh, I just like, I'm just much more concerned about that Atalanta team than I am, uh, Milan. So, uh, and then, in, yeah, I mean, obviously Inter is just, yeah, they're insane. So, uh, I, it's like, I don't know what, I don't know what else there needs to be said really about, about that team. So, you know, we're, we'll, we'll see here. We'll, we'll see what, what comes of that for, for Champions League, but just, you know, happy to be in it. Uh, I know I was talking, uh, I'm, I agree with the sentiments. I, I don't really understand why we have Andrea Pirlo as our manager. I it just seemed like kind of ridiculous when we like. Eh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It 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 felt very forced for like why we would want to get him on our team, but I guess that is, you know, is what it is. Whatever. So, uh, you know, here we here we are. Uh, but we, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, so we don't, you know, we obviously, we don't win Syria. Ah, we don't, uh, you know, we scrape by to get into Champions League, but, oh, well, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, Juventus, like, we've, we've had good, like, we've actually played quite well into Inter. I I think what we've got, uh, a loss, a win, a draw and a win, I think. Right. So we actually are ahead of Inter in the series. Um, so, you know, we've got that going for us. Um, you know, compared, I guess, at least to like, uh, Atlanta, for example, where I think it's just a one, one series. I think we have a win. Yeah. We have a win and they have a win. So, uh, throughout this past year. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, but, uh, I, I don't know. M- Milan, I guess for some reason, is just not as near, not nearly on my, uh, on on my radar, even though I actually I, I think that in our one in our one fixture against them that uh we did not play well at all. I mean we got shit on. That was like early in the year though, so whatever. Um yeah. So I think that that covers probably now that I think covers all of my, my sports. Uh we are coming up, I guess, on the uh Champions League final uh closing out um, what is it? Man City versus Chelsea, right? So I think uh, I think that'll be fun. I mean, whatever. It's two fucking Premier League teams, fucking busters. Uh, I'm, but yeah. So 
that that'll that'll certainly be fun though either way that gets started this weekend i think on what the on saturday i believe so hey that'll be something to watch all right well appreciate y'all remember to uh subscribe and review and uh tell your friends you know about about this podcast you know maybe if you've got a drive or a friend's got a drive coming up you know you got to find something to do traveling whatever you know give me a download check it out appreciate it Peace out.